The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This episode is presented by Express. Express is all new and all about you. With a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles, find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. But first, we got to get to Cardinals Cowboys and joining me, the usual suspects, of course, Ryan Wilson and John Breach, but special guest, Jerry Jones apologist, Zeke Elliott lover, hater of all things Dallas Cowboys financials, Jared Dubin. What's up, buddy? Feel great, guys. Um, your team sucks. <laughs> Sorry. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys 38 to 10. The, uh, Cardinals, who were plus one, got steamed. <laughs> the Cowboys got steamed late. <laughs> they got blasted in the under 56 hit. Um, I think now would be a good time to point out that not everybody was uh, was on board with the Cardinals winning this game. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Andy Dalton. Don't try to take my Andy Dalton hot takes. He's going to play well tonight. <laughs> the Cowboys are going to win. And you know what the inevitable conversation is going to be after that? Mm. Okay, what are the Cowboys going to do with Dak Prescott? <laughs> oh, Ryan, that take that, that take that hold up very well. <laughs> Let me ask, yeah, that, I deserve every all every bit of that. Let me ask Dubin, uh, as objectively as possible, Jared, who is the best team in the NFC East? <sighs> before you, you answer that, before you answer that, consider this. Oh, that was the wrong one. Oh God, I can't find it. Where is it? Tyron Mathai. Oh, the Cowboys will be three and three after they win tonight, and they have a path to nine wins. It's not a difficult path. <laughs> I watched that, but still. Um, yeah, it'd have been much funnier. I think it might be the football team. You're not. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm only is, like two percent serious. None of them are good. You can't name a best team. They're all terrible. Somebody has to win the division, though. There are Can six, they? like there are six NFL teams that have as many or as many wins as the NFC East. The NFC East is currently five eighteen and one. Seems bad. Is that bad? That's bad. bad. That is right, the so, second worst start for a division in NFL history. Oh, hi, Breach, by the way. You're welcome. I thought I'd come in with a fun fact. Sure. The only division that ever got off to a worse start than what we're seeing from the NFC East right now is the 1984 AFC Central. 
Wow, the old Central. AFC Central, wow. Who won the, the AFC The Eagles Central? have the uh, the best point differential in the division at minus 34. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So here's, here's my thing when I think you look at the division. The Cowboys, and we'll dive into the Cowboys a little bit more. The Cowboys are broken. Their offensive line is in tatters. Zeke Elliott can't stop fumbling. Andy Dalton was not the problem on Monday night, but he Pop wasn't. It. Look, as a, as a well, resident. There's a difference between being, not being the, the problem and not being a problem. He yes. wasn't the problem. He was, he was still problem. a problem. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't put the loss on Andy Dalton. I mean, that defense. No. Have anybody. Yeah. The offensive line can't protect him and he's you know, a new scheme with a new coach on a new team. Yeah. I mean, again, he wasn't the problem, but I think he was a problem. Like, he, he should have been problem. picked at least two more times. Than he actually was. You could take away the one that should have been pass interference. Uh, on I think it was Byron Murphy against CeeDee Lamb or maybe Drake or Patrick. Uh, but you know he averaged 4.9 yards per attempt for the game. Like he was, right. he was pretty bad. So division odds are off the board right now, and um, as they should be because no one should be betting on that. That literally <laughs> should be taken off everywhere. Do not put money on the NFC East. Okay, so coming into this game, the Cowboys were like. I want to say minus 160. Or no, the, the Cowboys I was talking minus, about it last, last night. It was, it was minus 130. Minus 130. Eagles are yeah. plus 160. Uh, Washington is like five to one. And then the Giants are like 11 to one. So I would guess that after this performance by the Cowboys, which a lot of people thought they would win, the Cowboys are now, um, a lot of people thought they would win. Yeah. I, I mean, thought they would win. And that clearly accounts for a lot of. I mean, Dave Richard, on, Dave Richard and Ryan Wilson on our show, by the way, the fact that those two, no offense, uh, were like in on the Cowboys. I like, I like quadruple down the Cardinals <laughs> locally. The, um, by the, by the way, Brinson, this is why terrible things happen to you. You're such a huge D back about yeah, those things. And this well, is I was I, saying, like you and, yesterday, you, and, you were crying about the Braves and I felt sorry for you. And I'm then sorry for me. I don't now, but I, I'm a human and I have empathy and I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. And then. You're right to play those, those Andy Dalton clips. I get that. But to, just to, to besmirch mine and Dave Richards names because we were all in on, Andy. we never make fun of Breach for being all in on Andy Dalton. So I don't know why you would turn that around on me. Breach, let me ask you this quickly. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, ha- I can't recall one, but maybe you can. Has Andy Dalton played that poorly during his Bengals career? That wasn't like a nightmare performance from Andy Dalton. I've seen him play. <laughs> Well, I, I think you already, somebody already said it. Like you can't pin this loss on Andy Dalton. He's not Dak Prescott. He's not going to score three more touchdowns. So they lose this game 38 to 28. So that it's respectable. He needs a little bit of help as we saw during his time in Cincinnati, but it absolutely was not Andy Dalton's fault that they lost. As a matter of fact, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm slightly encouraged by the what? way Andy Dalton played. Are you crazy? The, you're in the NFC Cut East. You're, you're in first place in the NFC East, and your quarterback is playing his first game ever for a new team. Uh, and, and you're starting running back. You're giving a hundred million dollars to fumble twice. Did like, you see Andy, him? Andy Dalton was like number eight on the list of things I would worry about if I'm. The that doesn't Cowboys. mean you should be encouraged by his performance. I didn't though. say I was encouraged. You just I said. said you, just you just said, said you would be Let encouraged. Me say what I specifically said. That they're in the NFC East. So that's it. I'm, I'm encouraged because you're in the just, NFC East. Just to be clear, you were like, listen, man, he's not Dak Prescott. He's not going to make it a respectable 10 point loss with some garbage time touchdowns. What do you want from this guy? It was Andy Dalton primetime. It wasn't going to happen. It was this is this was free money. 
And as <laughs> someone who apologized to the anybody who bet on the Browns or didn't take the Steelers on Sunday, you know, the, anybody who told you to take the Cowboys should apologize too. So. I'm sorry, I was a wrong. lot of it, the it blew up my face, Dubin. I'm sorry that I even put that on you. <laughs> and, and Breach, you're insane. I was I was on team. The season is over. The second Dak's foot was sticking yeah. out of his shoe sideways. Um, but Dubin, let me Dubin, let me see this. What what should I mean? If you're Jerry Jones, do you feel like you just bought a lemon from the car dealer? With it McCarthy, McCarthy I, don't, I don't know what you mean. With Dalton, like, no. like no, 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 not any Dalton. I'm talking Mike okay. McCarthy. You go, you go to the, you go to the oh, car dealer. Yeah. Oh, I and mean, you're like, oh you, man, this you got to specify which lemon. Nice. I think I'm gonna buy this thing. It's got some nice luxury seats, and uh, yeah, we we can cruise around with that thing, man. That's pretty cool. All right, nice little engine. Get the horsepower revved up real nice, and drive down the Texas highway by doing about Highway 20, and and then all of a sudden. Your team sucks. They suck on offense. They sucked when Dak was on there. When Dak was there, they didn't get going early. It was all garbage time. And the defense with Mike Nolan is absolutely atrocious. Well, I don't know that you ever should have thought Mike McCarthy was a Cadillac in the first place. Like the Cowboys did two interviews for their head coaching position after firing Jason Garrett after 10 years. One of them was a fake interview with Hugh Jackson that they did just to, you know, fulfill the Rooney rule requirement, which like, they should have been fined or taken some draft picks away or something for doing that. That's like completely ridiculous. And they actually changed the rules after that. You now have to interview, you know, at least two minority coaching candidates or general manager candidates or whatever. Like Mike McCarthy did a lot of selling about how he, you know, spent his whole year learning analytics and, you know, sucking up to pro football focus. Um, which, you know, yes, he's made some aggressive decisions, but he also came out like right after that and was like, yeah, you have to say that kind of stuff to get a job. Um, he hires Mike Nolan, who hasn't been a defensive coordinator in like six years um, <laughs> and wasn't a very good one at that when he was a defensive coordinator. I don't know particularly why that was uh, a thing that he wanted to do. I, I wasn't, you know, at the beginning of McCarthy's coaching career in Green Bay, he was pretty good. By the end, it, it was obvious things had gotten – pretty stale. Um, I, I don't know that I would be concerned that he's a lemon. Like he's still not Jason Garrett. You know, still an improvement over the guy that you had there for the last decade. I don't know Garrett, that he necessarily, dude, dude, but is he, because I have, I have yes. seen not one yes. thing that makes me think, okay, this is a substantial improvement over. I didn't say it was a substantial improvement. I just said it's an improvement. Like he's not Jason Garrett. Like you look at what I the mean, giants are doing this year though. Yes. A hundred percent yes. I watched Jason Garrett for a decade. Don't tell me that anybody you Giants, you guys the Giants the collective of the three of you every game they play the collective the of the three of you would be a better losses. would be an improvement over Jason Garrett. Um, look, I mean, is I'm he not just, sitting is here he just, and telling is he just you thicker Jason Garrett. Yeah. I'm not sitting here and telling you McCarthy is a good coach. Like I wasn't too <laughs> thrilled about the hire in the first place. Like I said that right when they hired him and we did the the podcast with me with me and Pat Prince and I was like this isn't a good hire but it's good. not Jason Garrett like but like you McCarthy know so be a step back from Jason Garrett but also you needed to replace Jason Garrett like both those things can be true that right. they whiffed on this yeah. hire I mean my thing Garrett's is I wouldn't be I wouldn't be concerned about Mike McCarthy being a lemon as much as I would be concerned about um, the entire offensive line falling apart and the defense just like, they just didn't think they needed to do anything in the secondary for some reason. And they didn't do anything and literally nobody can cover anyone. The linebackers have regressed very badly. 
the um, there's like one guy on the team that can get any pressure, and it's the guy who hasn't played in six years. Um, like there's nobody on defense. My counter argument to that would be that the Eagles have no one protecting Carson Wentz, and no one thinks Doug Doug Peterson might be a lemon. Like I, I, I Mark Mike McCarthy, if he got fired at the end of this year, I would not be shocked given how things are oh, going. I would be shocked. The Cowboys kept Jason Garrett for ten years. Jerry Jones cares more about being right and getting credit than he does about what actually wins. He's not going to admit that he was wrong after one year. No way. Well, and the and that goes along the lines with the fact that the Cowboys' biggest problem right now is Ezekiel Elliott fumbling all the time. The man makes $90 million. Jerry wants him to get the ball on every single play. And like you said, Dubin, 17 times tonight, he has a three-point, like, eight, three percent fumbling rate, which is an absurdly high number for a running back. And the one thing I'll say is that as bad as the Cowboys' defense played in this game, they forced the Cardinals' punt on their first three possessions. And by the time the Cowboys did get something going together on offense where they could have conceivably taken the lead early in the game. What happened to the drive? It ended. Uh, Andy Dalton was about to take a sack because the line can't block. He somehow got a pass off to Zeke, who's about five yards downfield. Boom, fumbles, drives over. And then my favorite part of this game is that the Cardinals are up 14-0. The Cowboys are kind of in desperation mode. They need to score. They pull Zeke. They put him on the bench because he's fumbled twice. They put Tony Pollard in. You know what they do? They drive straight down the field. They get to Arizona's 35-yard line. Then you know what they do? They put Zeke back in the game. And then you know what happens? Andy Dalton's looking directly at Zeke. The drive falls apart. They don't get any points. It was absolute nonsense. Like, there's no reason Zeke should have been back in that game. It, it was just it, it, like, it, so it's it's more on McCarthy uh, for just not being able to bench his $90 million well, running back. You know what? Like, the owner went on the radio, on his radio show earlier this week. First of all, why does the owner have a radio show? Second of all, he goes on the radio show and is like, yeah, well, we need to get more touches for Zeke. Zeke's averaging like 22 touches a game already. The dude doesn't need more touches. And it's like, you can't have the owner going on the radio and dictating play calling and where the ball's going to go. Like no, it's he, not. A, he, is, he is the GM, but I mean, okay, I, you can't have the GM going on the radio and dictating play calling and where the ball's going to go. Like it's not like this is the 2014 or 2016 Cowboys where they had the best offensive line in the league and it wasn't particularly close. And you could just say, you know what, we're going to run the ball 35 times a game and nobody's going to stop us. You can't do that with this team. You're starting two undrafted free agents at the tackles. Travis Frederick retired. You're starting a fourth-round rookie at center. Connor Williams has been a disaster for his entire time in the league. He still looks like one. And tonight, Zach Martin got hurt, too. So you're starting the other Connor McGovern, who can't even get on the field over Connor Williams, who's bad. You know, it's it's not like you can just go out there and establish the run through teams. And they were talking about that on the broadcast, too. Like, you got to run the ball and do play action. Like, first of all, play action works whether you're running the ball or not. Second of all, you can't run it anyway. And when you do, the guy just fumbles. What, uh, so what's one positive takeaway from this Cowboys game? I know the broadcast guys are talking about score touchdown. You feel better about that. You're not feeling better about some garbage time touchdown, but is there no. anything that made you feel better about the prospects of being in the, in the worst division in the galaxy, having anything to look forward to? I know. Um, I know. I know. Alden Smith is really good. Like that's, I know. I, I know what that's the one consistent takeaway through the first six games and they're, Gary, they're going to get a top 10 pick. Jerry has to pay Dak now. Yeah. Like he has to. Like he has yeah. to pony up and pay him. He had to do it last year too, and he still didn't. So yeah. Yeah. I think he's like the guy who just doesn't want to deal with you know, paying for the thing that he knows he has to pay for. Yeah, but like Dubin said, he already missed his window, is what I'm saying. Well, fair enough. But I mean he's never let like it's it's still so strange that they drew the line at 
the quarterback. They made everybody else the highest paid player at their position. They did it with Tyron Smith right away when he was eligible. They did it with Travis Frederick right away when he was eligible. Zach Martin right away when he was eligible. And Zeke Elliott right away when he was eligible. They even did it with Jalen Smith right away when he was eligible. They did it with Lyle Collins right away when he was eligible. You know, they paid the guys at the two least important positions in the league, running back and off-ball linebacker. They didn't pay their quarterback. They didn't pay their top corner. And now they have literally nobody that can cover. And they waited to pay their top wide receiver and had to pay him like three or four million dollars extra on a average annual basis. It's just, it's horrendous management of the way you do your team. I mean, that Zeke deal, by the way, they can't get out of it for at least another two years. Even when they do, they're still going to have to take on like $7 million in dead money. They already restructured the deal before it even started. That's how bad of a contract it is. That is not great, Bob. Can I uh, run something by you guys? So a lot of the talk coming into this game, and again, I was responsible for most of it because of those God-forsaken clips you now have your hands on. Uh, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, uh, we thought was the best backup in the NFL. I don't think that's true anymore. Let me read you a list of guys. Uh, you tell me who you'd rather have starting for the Cowboys, either Dalton or or this person to be named. Uh, so, Jameis. No. He, he went to thrown, Florida State. He, he would have thrown eleven interceptions in this game. With that, he went to Florida line. State. Completely unacceptable to me. Uh, Britson, would you want Jameis or Andy Dalton starting? Oh, I take Jameis. I think I would too. All right. Uh, we'll include these guys, but obviously they're, they're going I don't know to why you're bothering to ask Breach, by the way. I'm giving you an honest answer. That's, uh, that's a fact. Jameis would have thrown 11 interceptions by Prime Dan Marino. No, I would rather have Dalton. He is the answer. Dan Marino's 63 years old. He would get smashed behind that offensive line. Dan Marino, I said. That's another thing with Dalton. You don't have a time machine. Before Ryan continues, a lot of the, the talk about like, oh, Dalton won't be that much of a drop off from Dak was centered around the weapons. And like, yeah, when he was good in Cincinnati, he had really good weapons. You know, Chad Johnson, uh, who else they have back then? Like Hushmanzada or was that after? Who, who did oh they God, have? That was the Carson Palmer era. I follow your team, dude. And you want to give my team? He had AJ um, Green, Tyler AJ- Eifert, uh, okay. the Marvin well, Jones. No, the Thomas bottom line Sanil. is when Andy Dalton had a good offensive line right, and right. weapons. That's around, where I was going. He could be elevated into someone that people would, you know, because we're bored, like lob into the MVP discussion, uh, erroneously lob into the MVP discussion. But as soon as the offensive line fell apart, he wouldn't close. Breach. Was, right. That's where I was going. The weapons are still good in Dallas. The offensive line is a disaster. Right. He can't make time behind that line like Dak can. You know, it's just there's nothing there for him. I think Washington will obliterate Dallas next week. Their defensive uh, line is a problem for, for the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Speaking of which, Kyle Allen. Would you rather have Kyle Allen or would you rather no. have Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. Dalton. Probably Dalton. Jacoby Brissett. I know what Brinson thinks. Please what about you, Dubin? Um, I guess he's at least got a little bit of mobility. He's not like a super mobile quarterback, but he's sneaky unathletic, actually. Yeah. You think he's athletic, but he's not that like he doesn't run a lot, but you know, he can at least escape a little bit. He's not as statuesque as Dalton is. Like Dalton's a better passer, but with They're the way the Dalton. offensive, eh, I think I'd probably well, so rather have like names. Let's keep moving. There was like four plays tonight where a normal quarterback would have gotten murdered, and Dalton kept the sack from happening. Uh, the right, right, you know what? You know what? He, you know he what? saved the Cowboys from a safety. This Did you is, not see the, that play? I don't you know, care about we're, safeties. We're done. We're done. I want to tank for that tackle from Oregon, who's supposedly really good. Is, is, it? is that it? 
Yeah, very good. Yeah, you got his name right. By the way, this is this is Michael Gallup dropped a touchdown pass on third and goal from the 16 yard line. Like Dalton, this is not the Andy Dalton apology tour. Saying, you ask, you guys ask me why I'm encouraged by Andy Dalton. I'm telling uh, you why. And you're just, you're blowing right. it all Preach. away. He averaged 4.9 yards per attempt tonight. There's nothing to be encouraged about here. It's, it's pathetic. This you is the offensive line is horrible. You got to throw it as fast as you can. Just listen, Breach. This is by far the most embarrassing performance you've ever had in Pick Six Podcast. This standing up for Andy Dalton no matter what. And in the face of clear and obvious proof that he is straight up dog doo doo. Stop it. Yeah. I am not standing up for Andy Dalton except to say that in the AFC East, he, he's not he still in fits AFC. in. In the NFC East, he still fits in. That's all, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. That's the problem. He fits in in the NFC East. Look, like Dak Prescott, like Dak Prescott, I spend a lot of time at home these days. I still have responsibilities though. And when you're recording a podcast almost double digit times per week, by the way, you can check it out on YouTube. If you want to see me in my comfy casual business clothes, is this clothes an ad? Look Did we good? transition to an ad? I'm yes. Please stop. Oh, okay, cool. I look good and feel good and pod good. That's the key. And Express offers that versatility I'm looking for. So today I want to tell you about their one MX performance shirts. They're breathable. They're moisture wicking. They're stretchable. I have a six year old after all. I can't be you know carrying them around, breaking out in sweats randomly in the middle of winter in my house. Happens all the time. Wearing a one MX performance shirt is about as flattering as this dad bod is gonna look. Seriously, it makes life easier. So go check out what Express has to offer. And for our listeners, it's a great deal. An unbelievable deal. Bree took advantage of it last night. You can, uh, you can do it too, Dubin. Text the word football to 397-737 and you will get $25 off a $50 purchase. That is a 50% discount. Just text football. Two three nine seven seven three seven. Go do it. All right. So the Cardinals actually won this game. I don't know if you guys know this. Cardinals won. So that's sort of more important than the Cowboys. And yet we always go back to the Cowboys. Cardinals are now four and two. Where, but I, I gotta say, like the the first quarter from Kyler was really bad. He was missing a bunch of throws. Finally, he started to get it going. You could tell that Kingsbury. It was like, let's get you, like, whether it was Kyler or Kingsbury, they're like, we need to use your legs more. And that got him comfortable. It got him loose. It got him relaxed. He started hitting on his passes. And I mean, they could have scored 60 points if he'd come out of the gates hot. Like there was no stopping them. He also should have had two touchdowns on the first two drives. Andy Isabella just can't track the ball. Maybe it's Isabella's fault. Let me ask ask you this. He was wide open behind the defense twice and just let the ball drop somehow. He thought he was playing for the Cowboys. Uh, let, let me ask you this. So they mentioned this during the broadcast, and I don't know because I haven't heard anyone say it, but uh, Kyler isn't very uh, outspoken as a quote-unquote team leader. In fact, I, I think uh, he was referred to as introverted and sort of uh, distant sometimes from his teammates. We saw him, John, at DeAndre Hopkins. That may or may not mean anything. But if your quarterback isn't like a leader-type guy, is that an issue as a year-two guy, or does it not matter because you have Pat Pete and you have – DeAndre Hopkins. And also, I don't know if this Cowboys game means anything other than they get a win, the Cardinals do, because they lost to the, the Panthers. They lost the week before that to the Lions, I think, is who they, who they lost to. And they just steamrolled a truly and utterly terrible football team. So are you buying Kyler Murray team leader, and are you buying the Cardinals? 
I don't know that I necessarily care that much about the leadership. Like if he plays really well, what's you say about the Cardinals? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I, if he plays really well, guys will follow him. Even if he's not like a rah-rah leader type, even if he's more introverted, there are plenty of guys who are quiet and can still, you know, lead the team just by playing well. And, you know, you can have guys that are leaders from the defense from the special teams for other guys in the offense. You could have, I mean, I don't know necessarily if any of their offensive linemen are great leadership types, but I mean, obviously you, it would be nice if the quarterback was also the number one leader of the team, but it's not like a deal breaker to me. If he plays like he did for most of tonight, nobody's going to care whether he's, whether he's a leader or not. Um, you know, the Cardinals, they played uncharacteristically poorly, I think, in those games against Detroit and Carolina. The other four games this year, I think they played really well. And they even could have won one of those two games, by the way, against – they could have won that Detroit game, the, the Carolina game. They they were down and, and pretty much Baker, the whole time. And Baker didn't play against Carolina, which is sort of a big big deal. I mean, he was awesome against the Cowboys. On Sunday. Oh, yeah. Him and Byron Murphy – was awesome tonight as well. He was covering CD Lamb for most of the game. He had one really nice, I know CD had like seven catches on 10 targets or something like that, but he, uh, he had a really nice pass breakup. He was all over the ball a few different times. He was really good. That's, that secondary is starting to come together from the way they put it together last year. They, they drafted Murphy last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be concerned. I think the, I guess, you know, they, they did start running the ball well too. Kenya Drake now is over, averaging like 4.6 yards per carry for the season, even though he didn't have a run longer than like four yards before tonight somehow. Um, but that'll happen when you have a 69 yard run on the last play of the game. By the way, Kyler finished the night nine of 24. That lightly. So let me, let me put it this way. And he dealt through 54 passes tonight. What is happening with you? He is the best. Breach just told you that, but let me say this quickly before Breach weighs in. Uh, three game stretch, uh, Lions, uh, Panthers, Cowboys, and the Cardinals go one and two. How are you feeling about that? Oh, they also beat the Jets in there, so two and two. Yeah. But I meant those three games. Uh, well, I mean, I think those losing the Lions, I think the Lions are better than people give them credit for, so I'm not going to freak out. They, they are. The Lions could easily be four and two, man. Oh, um, my God. They, they should have so, beaten the, okay. the Lions are your Andy Dalton. Go ahead. This is not a Lions <laughs> podcast. Uh, I think Carolina's a little friskier than people give them credit for, too. Fair enough. And that defense play, like Kyler. Kyler's deep ball accuracy is one of his best attributes, and he is so dialed in when he throws it on the field. And this season, for whatever reason, a couple of games so far, those three games, like tonight early on, and then against the Lions and against the the Panthers, he's just been spotty with throwing it down the field, which is very surprising. So I don't know what he's seeing. I don't know if it's a miscommunications. I don't know exactly what it is. I wonder if he's sort of honing in too much on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, You know what, though? Three of their four wins are by two scores or more. That's a good sign. Like, but three of their four wins are against two NFC team, NFC East teams and the New York Jets. That's true. But you're supposed to beat the bad teams by a Blow lot. That's the team. sign of a good team. Blow out bad teams. One score games are going to regress toward the mean eventually. Like, I, their point differential is good. You know, I think they're plus 54 on the year now after six games. You know, that's, that's a strong point differential, an indication that they're playing well. You know, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I mean, I don't think they're as good as the Seahawks, but you know, they got the same record as the Rams with a point differential 16 points better. You know, that's two and a half points a game after six games, you know, like, and it, look, the rest of the NFC is kind of bad. Like <laughs> how many good teams are there in this conference? Really? 
I would say the Cardinals, my concern with them is the same concern I had last season. They went 5-10-1. and one. They had one good win, and it was against the Seahawks in Week 16. Other than that, they beat four bad teams. As Dubin said, you do need to beat the bad teams, otherwise you're a bad team. Now, but you do eventually have to beat a good team or two, or you're not going to get anywhere near the playoffs. And that's what the Cardinals really haven't done. They do pick up that rare, you know, surprising divisional win. They got that in week one against the 49ers, and that was a good win. Uh, but other than that, they've got to prove that they can, they've got a couple coming up against the Dolphins and Bills, which they could certainly both lose both of those games. Those are games they haven't proven they can win. So, uh, you know, I think these next four weeks will be able to tell how good they are because they're playing four games. They could very well go 0-4. It's the Seahawks, Dolphins, Bill Seahawks. And, you know, if you go 2-2 two and two there, all of a sudden you're 6-4. and four, And as Dubin said, there's not enough good teams in the NFC. You're probably, uh, you know. I think they'll go 2-2 two and two in those games. They have, it's a tough six-game stretch, by the way. After that, it's, it's Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills, Seahawks, Patriots, Rams. Are, are you, are we sure the Rams are better than the, the Cardinals? No, we're not. I, I'm just saying that that makes it a, a, an even tougher. Like they've got two tough you're, games you're after laughing, that too. You're, you're laughing that you're sure breach or what? No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm laughing. Yeah, that's I mean, like a fair I, question. I, well, I, I think you look at it like this: in that division right now, the Seahawks are five and zero and are clearly the best team because in, Russell Wilson is playing out NFC. of his mind. What's that? In the NFC. You well, mind, but I'm just saying the Seahawks are the best team in that division. Russell yeah. Wilson's playing out of his mind, but they have one major glaring flaw. Their defense is awful. And that's a concern. I mean, the Cardinals defense is better than the Seahawks defense. Yeah, not really. Absolutely. No. They're ranked 20th according to football outsiders. Let me see where the Seahawks are. The, the Cardinals ranked 20th. Where are the Seahawks? They're probably the Cardinals will be better than 20th after this week. The Seahawks have played good offenses so far, so their the DOA might not be that bad. Their Seahawks are 19th. Coming in this week, it was 19th and 20th. So they That's were. Fine. I'll, I'll take I'll take the Cardinals defense over the Seahawks. Defense. That's fine. Seahawks defense can't stop anybody, and they have played good offenses. That's true. So you know when you when you adjust for opponent, maybe that matters. All I'm saying is that the Seahawks. That's are, what DVOA does, Brinson. It just right. it adjusts for opponent. I know the Rams and the Cardinals are both four and two. The 49ers are three and three. You had to pick two teams to come out to go to the playoffs from that division right now. Who would you go with? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, I think, would be my second team. Wow. Okay. I don't know about that. They're, they're going to have no Mostert for the next few weeks now, too. Uh, will Williams, Kyle, Williams is hurt. They will have Kyle Shanahan calling plays. So it doesn't matter who the running yeah. back is. You can put it in. If, if their defense plays as well as it did last night, or I guess two nights ago when you guys are listening to this, um, then I think I would go with the 49ers. Like if they get this Jason Verrett, all year, and this Emmanuel Mosley all year, especially when Sherman comes back, uh, then yeah, I would go with the 49ers also. But to, to your point, Brinson, I think Seahawks and then the next three teams are all very close together. Sure. And look, the Cardinals get two games against the Seahawks coming up. Like those could be really close. I like, I don't think the Seahawks will just obliterate the Cardinals. Does anybody, does anybody think that? No, Breach just said they, they won last year in week 16. Like, I mean, anything can happen, but. Well, that was no. before they started letting Russ cook. That's true. That's the difference. Like Russ cooking is a huge development in the evolution of Brian Schottenheimer's comma play caller. I mean, uh, I think Washington, by the way, has, I mean, excuse me, Dallas has Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, and the bye. That could get ugly. They Why? They could go win two games. I have, what are you they're winning eight games now. I messed this one up, but they're going <laughs> to win eight games. That Dallas Philly game is going to be so sad. 
Can All you right, imagine let's... what's going on on NFL headquarters right now? Because that week, uh, two weeks from now, that November 1st game, Cowboys-Eagles, is Sunday night football. And they have to decide tomorrow oh. whether or not to flex that game. And you know they can't flex it because first place is going to be on the line in the division. So they're going to be Get stuck with a two-win team uh, if, if the Cowboys lose to Washington and possibly a one-win team in the Eagles if the Eagles lose to the Giants. So you have a two-win team versus a one-win team in week Eight on, on Sunday night football. That's, that's, uh, let's, insane. by the way, every, everyone real quickly, everyone needs to keep their calendars open for week 13 when Lamar Jackson plays the Cowboys defense. He might set an all time record for fantasy points in that game. That could be fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Cow- like the problem is the Cowboys have to keep up scoring on the other side to like actually like legitimize, le- legitimize it. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be eight wins by then, right? All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Chiefs and Bills. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, so the Chiefs beat the Bills 26 to 17. The Chiefs minus five and a half. They cover, they just cover. That's what they do. They cover. And the under 55 both come in. Patrick Mahomes is your top fantasy performer. Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes at 24 points. Allen 18. Clyde Edwards, ee, Lair at 16 points. And your boy cast his best bet on the show. 19 or more carries. Please. In fact, I even told you to take 25 or more carries at three to one. You had over 152, didn't you? I had over 150 is my bold prediction. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't bet that though, like a jackass. You had a big, big week against the spread and, and with the props. That's right. Somehow still lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Travis Kelsey had two touchdowns as well. Did the Chiefs bounce back enough for you, Wilson, to say, all right, no need to panic? Yeah. Uh, I know it was a slog, but it was literally a slog. They were playing in cold weather. It was rainy in Buffalo. The conditions weren't great. Patrick Holmes looked sort of uncomfortable at, at times throwing the ball. Uh, but I, I thought the defense continues to play pretty well. I mean, that defense is sneaky pretty good. I think they're second against the, the pass, according to our buddies at Football Outsiders. And that's a huge development over where they've been in recent years. And, uh, you don't need the defense to be great. You just need them to be average or better. And they're certainly doing that. Uh, so. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. We, we've talked in recent weeks, in, including Sunday night, about Lamar Jackson not being the same Lamar Jackson we saw last year. And, you know, you're not concerned, but you, you wonder when it's going to click. I have no such issues with the Chiefs. And, oh, by the way, they're getting Le'Veon Bell next week. So they'll have one more weapon to to lean on if they so choose. Not that they necessarily need it, but um, they're 5-1. and one. You know, we, we talked on the Pick 6 podcast video show about whether that loss was good for the Packers. I don't know if the loss was good or not to the Raiders, Was it, if that was good for the Chiefs, but they bounced back enough for me. They they scored, you know, they the game was tighter than the score indicated. They, they sort of broke away late. But they played a good Bills team, and I think now the question for the Bills is can they stop the slide? And, um, you know, they, they, they were lucky in that the Patriots lost on Sunday because the Patriots played terribly against that Broncos team, but the Patriots had won – Things are getting tight in, in Buffalo uh, in terms of, okay, here we go again, and this time Tom Brady's not around here to even do it to us. The the Bills have the Jets next, so I think they're going to stop that slide. Yeah. Bills will bounce back nicely. 
I, w- I think the Bills' problem, though, is that their defense looks suspect. I mean, they just got oh, run suspect. over. They're terrible. They got run over. You don't see the Chiefs just run over people like that. Uh, but, you know, the Chiefs, you look at the box score and you don't even believe it because they had more rushing yards than passing yards, which never happens uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And the other thing is the Chiefs had 245 rushing yards in this game. That's the most they've ever had in any game since Andy Reid has been coach. Uh, so – and it was just like Andy Reid said, you know, let's try the run. It started working. You know what? We have Patrick Mahomes and we don't need to throw up because we're running so well. So I, I, and it looked like Josh Allen's like reverting back to 2019 Josh Allen. But the last two yeah. weeks, he's looked a lot worse. Uh, obviously the first four weeks, he's playing lights out, but the last two weeks, if I'm a Bills fan, I am a little worried about Josh Allen going forward. That was the big thing that stuck out to me in this game. Jo- Josh Allen's second week in a row was hurried, inaccurate. Like, I think he started off the game like two for seven, two for eight, something like that. Um, you know, he's using his legs a little bit more the last couple of weeks than he had early on too, which I think is a sign that he's not as confident in what he's doing with his arm. I wrote about that offense like right before they played the Titans and Allen's scramble rate had dropped from like 27 or 28% of the time he was under pressure to seven or 8%. Of the time when he was under pressure, he was just getting the ball out more and doing it even when he was under pressure, just getting rid of it before they got to him. That's sort of reverted the last couple of weeks, which to me indicates he's not, you know, as confident in where he's going with the ball. And that, that's a big issue because he was playing really, really confidently through those first four weeks of the season, making the, the kinds of throws that everybody, you know, mentioned before the draft. Like if this guy puts it together, he can make all of these really good throws, like, across his body, off platform, but also like from the pocket to every inch of the field, you know, 30 yards down the field to the opposite sideline from the opposite hash, things like that, hit the pocket in between the corner and the safety on cover two. He had done that a bunch of times, like faking guys out of their pants uh, under pressure and then scrambling to the outside, resetting himself, getting the ball downfield. We haven't seen any of that these last couple of weeks. It's uh that, that was a big concern for me for the, these last two weeks for them. I think that what we've seen from Josh Allen the last two weeks, and I agree with you, Dubin, is that a good defensive game plan can nullify all the steps forward that he made. Now, I will, I will say, like, Mahomes wasn't playing particularly well either in terms of accuracy mm. and ball placement. I think the weather had a lot to do with that. I think that's why the game probably went under. Um, Travis Kelsey, should have hit his overs in terms of prop yards, but friggin' Mahomes hit him like it had come flying back to grab that ball when he was you know running <laughs> wide open uh in the field. So to me, um I want to give Josh Allen a little bit of a pass for the weather. There were some drops there. Diggs had one, Brown had one that was well defended down the field. But like I do think that teams are sort of realizing, okay, if we just drop a bunch of people into coverage and make this guy you know, realize he can't, like in the zone coverage where we're looking at it, he knows that he can't take off and run and pick up big yards um, and, and, and make him be decisive and to read defenses. It clearly tests his patience and tests his willpower to sit in there and do the things that he's just not great at right now. And a lot of quarterbacks aren't, and it, it's causing him to struggle a bit. Additionally, you could see it from Brian Dable. He decided to start calling a bunch of quarterback run plays, like the, like the, the read option stuff. And he did it because Allen wasn't comfortable in the same way that Kyler, they wanted to get him comfortable with his legs. I think they did that with Josh Allen to sort of get him to pick up positive yards, make you feel good about it. Uh, but ultimately like that was not, 
you know, for as much as he was absolutely in the MVP race four weeks in, I mean, he's you know, probably out of it right now. Yeah, I think also, like, Allen had talked about toward the end of last season, like, taking what's there when defenses sit back in zone coverage and trying to get first downs instead of trying to get touchdowns. And that was something that made him a lot better over the second half of last season and something that made him a lot better over the first part of this year. And as you mentioned, these last couple of weeks, they've sat in those zones and just tried to test his patience. And he started forcing the ball a little bit more. He had two picks last week, probably should have had another one. And he had one tonight. He was, you know, high and wide with a couple of throws again tonight too. That's the kind of thing, like, if you have a check down for six yards and there's nothing open downfield, just take it. You know, you can get a first down on the next play. Like, getting six or seven yards isn't the end of the world. Breach. I was just going to say that I think – I have to go all the way back, though, that, for instance, kind of, you were saying that maybe Josh Allen should get a pass in this game because of the weather and that Mahomes didn't look that great. I actually thought Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal in this game. He averaged 8.7 yards per attempt. He only threw five incompletions, and the Chiefs only punted twice. They literally went up and down the field. The only time they got stopped was when Travis Kelsey had that uh ugly well, fumble. They, they were running the ball down their throat. It wasn't Mahomes. Well, right, that's what I'm it saying. So it wasn't Mahomes played good. They just didn't need him to it throw is, the ball his, 40 times. His ball, his ball place, it was not Mahomes. He, like, had, he had like two or three bad throws, but it was completely rainy, and he only threw five incompletions the whole game. I'm starting to think that Brees. He also scrambled a bunch, right? Didn't didn't Mahomes like scramble a bunch of times? Yeah, I feel like a second take off. I'm not saying he was bad, but I mean like he wasn't like as bad as that Bills defense was. Mahomes could have done whatever he wanted, and he, and he missed a bunch of. He missed. I, I think stuff. that's more accurate. I, I'm yeah. now convinced the Bills that. coverage over the middle of the field is a big problem. Yeah, Matt Milano out again, and like I mean, look, Kelsey Kelsey scores on AJ that. Klein was out there. Breach's guy. He hey, he forced that fumble, Wilson. Boom. Dun, dun. All right. If I told you right now that you could get the Bills at minus 150 and the no. Patriots at plus 150 yes. in the division, the Dolphins at 5-1 to one are also out there. Who would you take? Pats. The Jets. I feel like the, I feel like the, the Bills are slow motion train wrecking this thing. I, I think there's nothing wrong with losing to the Chiefs. And I, I actually think that, um, Josh Allen didn't play terribly to start the game. I, he was running around and he did miss a lot of throws. Uh, but, but I like the, he was playing with much more composure than we've seen in the past. So I don't know if it's necessarily him. We've talked about the defense being an issue and the defense has to play better. Uh, Steph Diggs dropped the ball in the, in the end zone or had a chance to catch one and he didn't catch it. Um, so other, other playmakers, John Brown's not stepping up. Cole Beasley, his catch radius is literally three inches. So unless you hit him perfectly, he's not going to catch the ball because he's so small. Dawson Knox has been hurt. So there are a lot of issues that are, you know, swirling around. We talk about, you know, Dak and Andy not having very much in the way of weapons because of the offensive line. You go around the league and point out to, to most people, except for Patrick Mahomes, who's who's getting more playmakers around him. So I'm not worried about Josh Allen, which is something I haven't said in the years past, but I am worried about that team being like, okay, here come the Patriots. Well, I also think the problem with the Bills is that if Allen is off, they ain't, like in years past, they could stop, you know, they could stop teams with their defense and, and could cover up Allen and run the football and let him take some shots down the field. If Allen is off, they're just, they're not slowing anybody down. They have the Jets next in week seven, then the Pats, Seahawks, and Cardinals, uh, after that, they're by, and then the Chargers, 49ers, Steelers, Broncos, Pats, and then Dolphins to close. That is a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. I, I think the Dolphins probably are the best value out of all the teams you listed to win the division. I mean, they're three and three. We've talked about how they were in 
every game they lost. They were down by three points or less in the fourth you've, quarter. You've talked about it, but yes. Okay. I have talked. It's true. I mean, if you're down three points or less in the fourth quarter, Welcome it was to a Miami. very winnable game. Three and th- I'm trying to get the free place in South Beach from Steven Ross by sucking yeah. up the Dolphins. But I, I do think that this team uh can win at least eight games. And if you can get there, you get one or two other games to go your way. All of a sudden, you're at nine or ten wins, and that might be enough to win this division. The big thing for them is what Byron Jones coming back and being healthy now and Xavier Howard being healthy now. They're actually able to play defense the way they want to play defense, which is to man up with those two guys on the outside and be able to create pressure in a lot of different ways. You know, kind of the way that the, the Patriots play defense where they have Steph Gilmore, JC Jackson, Jones, uh, all those guys man up on the outside and bring pressure from all different areas. The Dolphins weren't able to do that when, when Byron Jones was out. Noah Binagane was playing way too many snaps covering receivers that are just not at the level that he's able to handle them yet. Now that they have Jones and Howard back on the outside, the defense is actually playing a lot better these last couple of weeks. And that um I, I said before the season, I didn't think their offense necessarily was going to be that good, but the defense had an outside chance to get to, you know, average or better. And I think that's looking pretty good right now. I think their defense could be average or better. So I do, I do want to say one thing real quick about what worries me about the Dolphins is the inevitable Ryan Fitzpatrick crash that comes almost every season. You give him a starting job, he looks good for six or seven weeks, and then uh, he looks like Blake Bortles, and you have to bench him. So, Dolphins didn't actually play today. Don't know if you know that. I will say well, this. We, well, you asked who we thought were going to win the division, right. Brinson, and, then, and, and they're in that division. I don't know if you knew that. I will say this. If Ryan Fitzpatrick were playing on the Cowboys, they would definitely win nine games. <laughs> Just won't let this thing die. Uh, the Pats have the 49ers, Bills, Jets. The Pats didn't play today, Brinson. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I'm listening to the schedule for all the teams. Ravens, Texans, Cardinals. Mm, they, the Pats haven't even played the Jets yet. I think the Pats are fine. I would probably take the Pats at plus 150. I feel like we should put the Jets in the NFC East. They fit better there. The Jets are awful. That would be amazing. Um, okay, the Chiefs, uh, any, anything else on that game? We good? Chiefs are fine. The Bills. I'm very it. sorry to uh, all the people that played Michael Hardman in fantasy football, including that's, myself. That's tough. So the Bills will have their get right game next week, and then we'll see what happens in two weeks when they play the Patriots, where they're where they're at mentally and and on the field. Oh man, the Chiefs had the Broncos, Jets, and Panthers. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. And then they have, after their bye, the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. I'm going to tell you now. There is no spread too high <laughs> for me to not take Patrick Ele- eleven in, in prime time. Eleven? Oh, oh, oh. yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, it's on Summit Sunday night. Oh yeah, Chiefs okay. are going to win that one by twenty-eight points. Do you want to take eleven right now? You can add to my our, our running bet. Breach what did we bet on last night? I don't know. Breach knows. What was the breach? I don't remember. Usually right. write that stuff down. We got it, it, it was too late in the show. Yeah, we got to check the date. All right, All right go Rays. Go Andy Dalton. Follow the Cowboys. See you guys. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 